0: Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land In Conversation. My name is Matt Simonini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, we are in conversation with Ryan Cantor, the assistant editor of SB Nation's Clemson blog, Shakin' the Southland throughout the lead-up to Saturday's Fiesta Bowl, we have been releasing a four-part series of Q&As about each team, two on Land Grant and two on STS. We will have links to those in the article version of this podcast on the site. But here on the podcast, we talk about how important J.K. Dobbins will be to Ohio State's offensive success with Ryan, and why he isn't really worried about Justin Fields, at least in the running game. We also talk about what OSU will need to do to attack Clemson's prolific passing attack, and much more. One of the interesting topics that we discuss was just how disrespected, I'm putting that in air quotes, the Clemson team and fans have felt throughout their playoff run this season. Okay, with all of that housekeeping out of the way, here's my conversation with Ryan Cantor. right. So let's start with something, you know, kind of macro level. I think a lot of Ohio State fans are cautiously optimistic. I don't think anybody expects Ohio State, at least the level-headed non-insane fans, don't expect Ohio State to go out and blow out Clemson. But I also don't think that they expect Ohio State to get blown out like they did the last time these two teams played in the Fiesta Bowl. Judging by our mentions and some of the comments on your site, I feel like Clemson might have a slightly different approach from the fans' perspective as to how they're seeing that game. How, how can you summarize how the fans are looking at this matchup coming up on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I think Clemson fans, after years of uh, not being very confident going into any big game, I think we've got such a run going that we expect to win most games and especially after the way this season went where we played mostly not very good competition i mean virginia's a really decent team and texas a&m's okay but generally we went into the game with a you know a three touchdown spread or more and the games were mostly non-competitive um that's not to say we think that ohio state's just like those teams. we certainly don't but, you know, we're on a 28-game win streak. And, you know, it's been a long time since we lost the game. And you sort of just assume they're going to win after a while. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think the 31-0 victory in 2016 uh, when we were underdogs is part of it. Um, I think it's just, you know, really high confidence in uh, in this team based on what they've done not just this year, but I think in past years. And I think it, it's very reasonable to look at past years and say, hey, yeah, you know, our schedule this year might have been junk. It really was. But a lot of these guys are the same guys that destroyed Alabama the other day. and Notre Dame. They didn't just turn bad because the schedule happened to be weak this year. So I think that's where a lot of the confidence comes from. I do think Clemson fans, especially on Twitter, could sometimes be overly defensive. Um and so you probably see some of that. But I think in general, yeah, Clemson fans think this will be a lot closer to twenty sixteen, but are pretty confident that we will end up winning.
0: I think all fans can get defensive on Twitter. I don't know that that's necessarily just a Clemson thing. I think that's true for Ohio State uh, as well. But you mentioned the fact that a lot of these guys are part of the team that ran through the college football playoff last year. However, there have been some key graduations, people moving on to the NFL. If there is a part of this team that maybe doesn't live up to what it was in 2018, where would that be?
1: So – it's been surprising that the defense hasn't taken a step back. We thought the offense would be good, and it was actually a little bit of a disappointment early in the year uh, that they weren't just unbelievable. It took them uh, six, seven games or so before they really locked in and kind of became the juggernaut we expected. But the defense, we figured, would be a little hit or miss, and they haven't been. Um, they're number four in scoring defense. Uh, they're number 10 in rushing yards. They've been uh number one in scoring defense. Sorry, I had it reversed. Uh, they're number nine in rushing yards uh, per carry allowed. They're number one in yards per pass allowed or uh, pass attempt. It, it's wild and it's, it's really surprising. We don't have, you know, five star type guys um, even in the secondary quite like you do. I mean, we have some AJ Terrell, uh, super talented. Uh, Derrick Kendrick was a five star wide receiver. But, uh, you know, we've got a lot of guys like Tanner Muse and Nolan, uh, Nolan Turner. Guys like that, they have just developed over the course of their career. and are playing at a high level. Didn't necessarily think that that would work out to the point that our defense would be technically slightly better, although some of that might be the schedule, um, uh, the last year. So we'll see how they do against the run. They've been fine. As I mentioned, uh, ninth in yards per carry, uh, rushing allowed, um, but they haven't faced a J.K. Dobbins. So I think that's the concern. Tyler Davis, true freshman defense tackle, has been awesome. Um, but, but, Will that hold up against this level of competition, specifically this really great rushing attack?
0: I think that's probably true for both Ohio State and Clemson, where your rushing numbers are obviously they're good because you're good against the run. But they're accentuated by the fact that because you get up so early on teams that they have to pass and abandon the run as well. So it's part and parcel for both defenses that have done really well against the run is that because they are so dominant, other teams just can't run against you at all. So they don't even try. But that's something that I know that you think could be a difference uh, if Ohio State is to win is that J.K. Dobbins, who has been the focal point of the Ohio State offense this season, um, it, he might be the difference if Ohio State is going to win. It might be because of J.K. Dobbins. And I know you think that he's as underrated. Look, we've been we've been pushing the J.K. for Heisman campaign from the beginning of the season. So I know we've, we feel uh, very similarly about J.K.'s uh, season and, and what he is capable of doing.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of J.K. Dobbins. Um, you know, has more, uh, his yards per carry are better than the other top backs, but Ohio State really leans on J.K. Dobbins, and I think it helps field. Uh, so obviously you can't knock a 40-to-1 touchdown to a touch ratio, but I think um, Dobbins ends up getting a little underappreciated. Um, for neither him nor D.K. to get invited to the Heisman um, seemed off to me. Um, I know it's a uh a quarterback award at this point. Um and again, forty to one touchdown interception is incredible. So no, nothing against him knock at all on field. But for him and, and Chase Young to get it over Dobbins and if you have off to me. We'll see uh how Clemson stops the run. I honestly don't know. Um but I think I and I think Clemson fans kind of have just faith in uh Brent Venables and and, and for good reason. I mean, he's come up he's last last year against Alabama. Might be the best example. I, I didn't, no one thought that that uh, Tua led offense was in any way staffable and they scored 15 points. So, um, I don't know how they're going to do it, but he seems to usually find a way so you don't really bet against them. So That's kind of where we're at there. But I, I do think J.K. Dobbins, uh, and that rushing attack is, is the biggest threat and their kind of most clear wide path to a victory over Clemson.
0: Yeah, as as the teams have gotten to Arizona this week, we've heard a little bit from Justin Fields about whether or not his knee is 100%. He said it's 80 to 85. It seemed like he was answering that honestly, but you never really know with these teams what they're actually sharing being true and what they're not. How important do you think it is for Ohio State to have that running threat at quarterback to people to attack this Clemson defense? Do you think that's something that the Clemson Defense is prepared for? Do you think that they, uh, that might be something that could help swing the balance in favor of J.K. Dobbins having a breakout game? Or do you think that it's just, it's just another option for him? Is, is that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, it'll certainly help, right? Uh, having another yeah. right to really do the zone
0: read will certainly help. I don't think that's a
1: kryptonite type thing for this defense. Right. Um, obviously, it's a great asset. Um, but years ago, prior to us having Brett Venables, um, we could shut down. We have uh, Kevin Steele, who's actually really good at Auburn now. Um, but but at Clemson, clumsy wasn't that good. He would, we would shut down traditional offenses, but as soon as we saw something that was a little bit more spread with the mobile quarterback um, or, God forbid, the triple option, we would just get torched. Um, that's not really the case anymore. We've done a, a pretty good job controlling um, or limiting mobile quarterbacks. Um, Bryce Perkins is one of the best uh, mobile quarterbacks in the country. This was 17 against us. It was our worst defensive performance. Um, from a yard stand, standpoint, um, but I don't think it's like a huge kryptonite. I mean, obviously, yeah, it, it'll help if you can't run, but I, I don't think that's hopefully that's not the reason that we look at as to why Clemson won.
0: Yeah, the last thing I want to hit on the Ohio State offense is Ohio State doesn't have necessarily any standout top line receivers like Clemson does, uh, but they have a, a breadth of talent at the at the wide receiver position and could have four, five, six guys who are capable of making big plays fairly consistently. No one maybe that can take the top off like T. Higgins uh, or Justin Ross, though. How do you think that the secondary for Clemson will attack a a wide receiver set that could throw out four or five guys uh, at a time? Is there a hole there that the Buckeyes could exploit if they're able to spread the field a little bit and get as many guys into the secondary as possible?
1: So, I mentioned that uh, the secondary has a lot of uh, kind of veterans who've really yeah. kind of exceeded expectations. Um, Isaiah Simmons plays all sorts of positions. Um, we've seen him play safety where where he'll line up over a slot. I mean, he'll do all sorts of things. And then we have um, Darian Kendrick as well as A.J. Terrell, cornerbacks who've been fantastic cornerbacks. It's funny because A.J. Terrell gets more praise, but you never see him make a play because they never throw at him. So I tend to, uh, biasedly think that Darren Kendrick is better to actually see him break up passes, um, but it's really just because they're not going to uh, the man that uh, Terrell's guarding. But but the I I don't think that Clemson can afford to um, keep too many guys back to, to play the play defense because of J.K. Dobbins and the threat there, and, and Fields, if he's healthy enough to be running it. So I think they're going to have to take chances and, um, and, and really stop the run, and the guys on the backside are just going to have to hold up. Um, and that's where Fields has to make plays. But if I'm betting, I'm betting more on Dobbins uh, beating up the Fields. But, you know, Clemson uh, under Venables has been really good, but not perfect. Um, over the past few years, there's usually been one game, two games, where Clemson kind of gives up a lot more points than you'd expect. We haven't had any this year. North Carolina scored 20. That was it. Um, Virginia scored 17. It's um, so not a lot this year. But last year we gave up 35 South Carolina. Um, won the game, but nevertheless, it's a lot of points to give up. The year before, they gave up 31 to NC State and it was kind of a fluky bad defensive performance. 2016, they gave up 43 and lost to Pittsburgh. Um, so there's sometimes there's like one fluke thing that, um, you know, for whatever reason, Clemson gives up uh, more points than you expect in, in one game. And, um, you know, you're not going to bet on that one game thing now, but, but it could be. And, um, but I, I tend to think that Dobbins and the rushing attack is, gonna rush that, is what's going to have to do it. Um, because I just don't think, uh, if you're wanting to get into a shootout and trade points, I just don't think you could bet against this wide receiver core. Um, I like him, to Kyler Bryant. Back when he was in his prime, play great defense against them. Spin, do a fade away, and it looks like an off balance dumb shot, very selfish, and it goes in. And you just kind of sound, man, there's there's nothing you could do sometimes." <laughs> and that's sort of how it is with T Higgins.
0: Well, let's let's talk about the wide receivers because there's been a lot of discussion, at least on the Ohio State beat, about how the Buckeyes will look to defend the really potent passing attack from Trevor Lawrence and T Higgins and and Justin Ross and the rest of the team a lot of the discussion's been about whether they break from what they normally have been playing all season and just playing a single high safety maybe they put a second safety back uh, out there has there been anybody who's been able to shut down these receivers out like i feel like no matter what you try they're just good enough that they're going to figure out a way to make catches i mean has anybody been able to slow them down this season i mean again like you said, that really pulling them in the second half is probably the only thing that's ever been able to slow them down.
1: Yeah, I mean, but we really haven't faced a defense quite like you guys, quite uh, like Ohio State that is. Um, so I don't want to sound like raggedish, but, but yeah, I mean, they haven't stopped us. Virginia is a is a really strong defense. Um, and we scored over 60 points against them. They're uh, at least before the bowl game, they were seventh in sacks per game. They're a solid defense. They won the Coastal. And, sure, the coast is not great, but Virginia is a quality team. And we just, I mean, they they were just totally not competitive. Um, at least when when our offense is on the field. So we'll see. I I think Ohio State's offense um is extremely proven. They had some really good rush defenses, some really good defenses. Period. Wisconsin's good. I think the thing that maybe scares me most is J.K. Dobbins ran all over Penn State, and their Penn State is number one in uh yards per carry defense. So I think the Ohio State offense is extremely proven really dangerous and very impressive. On defense, I think they're good, but they haven't played a great quarterback. Wisconsin's fine. The I mean, Johnson is an some running back, but in terms of um, yards per game, like total yardage, Indiana's the best offense they've seen. It's not against Indiana, but, I mean, uh, something scheduled bad is not really comparative, just pointing out that Ohio State yeah. has not seen anything like this. So this could possibly be a shootout.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, is that, Whether it's Ohio State or Clemson, even if you can say, yes, Ohio State's schedule was, you know, definitively better, the types of teams that Ohio State has played, whether it was Penn State or Michigan or Wisconsin, they haven't been even constructed the same way that Clemson has, let alone the same talent. Um, most of those teams were run based teams. And while Travis Etienne is great, they, no one even had two wide receivers that were even close. Uh, to Clemson's uh, top two, let alone having the depth of receiver uh, that they have. And, of course, Trevor Lawrence is better than any quarterback that Ohio State's faced as well. So I think it's one of those things where I feel like it it's a little bit of an unknown. It's hard to for both sides of the ball and both teams. It's hard to necessarily even uh, extrapolate what we've seen because it, it's hard to know what the level of competition was and how that really translates to what we're going to see at the Fiesta Bowl on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, I'm not betting on a blowout, but honestly, it wouldn't be totally shocking either way because these teams just haven't seen anything like each other. Um, unlike LSU, right? They're they're the total opposite cases. We've right. seen their weaknesses. They don't seem quite as good as these two teams, but there's a lot less, you know, there's a lot more certainty with them. They've they've beaten teams that are more varied. They've beaten better teams. They've a ton of them, so we we know more about LSU. These two teams, we I think I think we both think are better than LSU. Um, and we would both, both of them are better than all two, but
0: there's yeah. a lot less that we know. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I feel like whether or not the winner of the Fiesta Bowl ends up winning the national championship game, that's whatever happens in a 60-minute game is one thing. But I think they will both, whoever wins, will end up being favored uh, in that game by a, maybe not a ton, but by a few points, more than Clemson is favored by uh, this week. But uh, kind of looking at, the the team as a whole i think ohio state is hoping that the only way that they can really slow down the passing game of clemson is if chase young is able to get back to the form that he had before the last two games of the year and really just wreak unbelievable havoc in the backfield uh, and not really give trevor lawrence the chance to make throws downfield um michigan and wisconsin kept him out of the sack column now he was still effective with pressures and eating up like two or three blockers at a time so other players can get back there but from a lot of the analysis that we've seen and from the game games that i've ended up watching clemson is more or less going to throw the ball deep if they're going to throw the ball they don't do as much short over the middle as some of those teams that uh, got rid of the ball quickly and were able to neutralize chase young a bit because of that do you expect to see them throw the ball shorter, get rid of it, uh, maybe three-step drops rather than seven-step drops, what do you expect the offensive game plan will be to try to neutralize, probably I would assume, the best pass rusher that Clemson is going to see this season?
1: Yeah, no, he certainly is. It's it's sort of weird hearing this question because it's always been the reverse for for us. Totally, writing yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, um, I think it was NC State last year we had written about, man, they're they're going to do a really good job getting it out quickly, little pop passes, because we're going to eat up their offensive line. I think it was that game. And then we saw it happen. We're like, hey, that was a decent strategy. Didn't work, but, um, that's basically all you can do. Now we're kind of in that position. Um, I would say that our offensive line has been very good. They're fifth in sacks, tax, tax allowed per game. Um, one per game. Um, now we've seen them get consistently beat by a great pass rusher before Zach Allen ate up, um, I think it was, uh, Whichever tackle, I don't, I don't know if it was right or left tackle, if they moved, if they moved him, him around or not, but he, he was eating him up, um, getting to Trevor Lawrence, uh, this was not the season, but season, prior. Um, and that's certainly slowed down the offense. And I think that's sort of the recipe that Ohio State, um, will need. I think Yarn just running the ball really well, making it a shootout. I think the way second piece to their kind of path to victory is get a ton of pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Um, we're not as, um, Focused on deep routes who we are early in the season, I think. You know, okay. I think most people know that um, Lawrence struggled, at least relatively speaking. In the year, and had 14 touchdowns, eight picks, and then since has been 20 touchdowns, no picks. Uh, and a lot of that issue was him forcing it downfield, not taking checkdowns, not hitting the you know slants over the middle. That's really changed, and, and his production's gone up as a result. So I don't think we're quite as um, uh focused on on kind of just hail hail marrying it downfield as maybe the whole season stats or if you if you watch film early in the season might indicate. So I am not as concerned with that. The offensive line is good and our passing game has become more varied. Um but yeah, I mean I think I think it's a huge concern and that's that's probably advantage of Ohio State, the pass rushes I mean, that's in college football.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, so far in the lead up to this game, I feel like we've seen both coaches try to play the disrespect underdog card uh, quite a bit more than two of the three best teams in the country really need to. Uh, We obviously there's been a lot of talk about Dabo uh, doing it towards the end of the regular season. There's been a lot of video from the Ohio State beat writers of Ryan Day really getting animated, uh, playing basically almost the exact same card uh, that Dabo did at practice uh, out in the Fiesta Bowl. I-, I know for Ohio State fans, there's always a chip on their shoulder because they feel like there's SEC bias and all of these things are always out to get Ohio State. Is it the same thing for Clemson, or is this just something that Dabo's doing for the benefit of the team and the fans? Just kind of look at it and be like, okay, whatever.
1: Um. No, so I kind of mentioned that Clemson fans on Twitter, just like everyone on Twitter, can be overly sensitive. Uh, and I, I think this is kind of part of it Is is we've kind of um, kind of usurped Alabama and kind of what they were. Uh, not totally. I mean, Alabama's awesome. Mean no, but I, I agree. Them, but I
0: completely agree with you. I think that there's no doubt right now that Clemson's the number one program in the country.
1: And, and it seems like the media still wants to act like Alabama is – is that, and, and they're just not anymore. We, we blew them out last year. We beat them two out of the three times we've we faced in the National Championship now, two and two against them in the playoff. Uh, it's, it does feel like, what more do we have to do? And, and it's nothing about Ohio State being over us because they've earned it. But it was more frustration around, you know, um, we, we we were undefeated. Alabama was undefeated. Neither of us had played Diddley squat. And they were still ranked above us. They're like, you want to just destroy them the last time we played them and neither team has beaten anyone since? Why are they above us? It was, that, that type of thing was really frustrating. And I think there's a lot of comparison to Alabama, which maybe will change in the coming years if Alabama uh, doesn't immediately bounce back, which they very well meant. Uh, but I think that's kind of what the fans feel. Um, and then Dad was always really defended the ACC. And I don't want to say I disagree with them, but I do think the ACC is actually pretty bad. Um, but he's always been consistent on, on referencing how good the ACC is, referencing stats like how many national championships the ACC has won, but it's 4 to see 2013 and then us. It's it's not really the whole conference. It's a ridiculous stat. But uh, he's always been very defensive of the ACC, um, and so it's unsurprising to see him kind of be that drum still. Um, but I think there's some truth to it. He's a little hyperbole, depending on the way he speaks about the disrespect. Sure. But, but I don't think we we care as fans. I mean, we, we know what they're doing. They're motivating the team. It's fine. If the media is offended by it, all the better.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those narratives that I feel like the media just eats up because I feel like every coach is going to look for some sort of advantage that way. If they can find even the slightest bit of, quote-unquote, disrespect with a K, um, they're going to try to amp that up to their players. And it's just something that, for some reason, it just seems – it's just funny to me that both teams are trying to play the exact same thing, which theoretically should be a zero-sum game, and neither team should actually have to do it. But uh, that's neither here nor there, I guess. But, okay, so we've we've talked about the on-field stuff. We've talked about the off-field stuff. I guess that only leads us to what you think is going to happen in this game. Not necessarily for the score. We'll get to the score. You, know, you can tell me what your score is, but like, I want to know what you think actually happens. How does this game play out? uh, on Saturday night.
1: Yeah. So again, just really confident in Trevor Lawrence and the wide receivers and. Chase Young will make some plays. No doubt. He's excellent. But it's really not just him. I mean, that defensive line is really strong. They've got the best pass rush in college football. No, they'll, they'll make some plays. The offensive line is pretty solid. And I don't think it's just a matter of playing league competition. Uh, so I think they'll hold up enough that there'll be opportunities for, um, for Trevor Lawrence, for T. Higgins, for some of those guys to make some plays. Um, and let's not forget, Travis ETN averages more yards per carry than any of these top backs. He's incredibly over, averaging over six yards a carry. Outstanding. Um, so I think I think Clemson will score on him. I just don't know how much they could stop J.K. Dobbins. I'm not really as scared of Justin Fields as I am J.K. Dobbins. We'll see what Brent Venables can cook up, but I kind of just have faith in Brent Medibles and, and tend to think that he'll find a way to get a stop when we really need it. And I don't think Clemson's going to win thirty-one nothing, but I mean it's just be awesome game. Um, but I think uh, I think they could slow Ohio State down just enough that Clemson stars on the outside can make the plays, and and, and that'll that'll carry the day. It's a great game.
0: So do you have a if if you don't want to say a specific score, do you have a, at least a range of where you think this will be played? Do you think it'll be in the in the 40s or the 30s or maybe low 30s or high 20s, where do you think this uh, score ends up being?
1: Um, probably in the 30s, something like 28, 35, you know, 31, 35, something like that. Probably is where I see this. I just I don't think that Clemson, so I don't think that Clemson has seen an offense like this. So yeah, we're we're giving up like 10 points a game, but this is a different ball game. This offense, um, and this is a different ball game with this defense. But like we talked about before, Ohio State—I don't think it's seen an anything close to this type of offense from Clemson. And I don't want to kind of uh, lazily reference like conference stereotypes, but I think it is actually fitting that Ohio State has faced traditional Big Ten offenses like Wisconsin, where they're going to pound you. It's not dynamic with wide receivers. I think it's very different, um, and, I, and I think Clemson will score enough points.
0: So I, I'd be
1: very surprised if this was a, you know, 17, 21, 21, 24 I mean, That would shock me. Um, John CTN, just to correct my stat, averaging 8.2 yards per carry. Yeah, we haven't seen great defenses, but I, and that's not going to change by four yards per carry. He'll get his. I think Clemson can score. Um, I think I don't want to call it a total shootout, but I'd be surprised if Clemson held under, let's say under 30 would be surprising.
0: Yeah, I think somewhere mid 30s to even low 40s. For both teams, even I, I think that that seems about right. I think the defenses are both very good, but I do think that the offenses are so multifaceted that, um, I think they'll both find ways to get their points. But, well, Ryan, I appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Um, I, like, I'm with you. I think no matter what ends up happening, it's going to be an entertaining contest, probably fraught, um, uh, at least on our side. I know that I'll, uh, we'll, we'll probably all be very nervous from the Buckeye perspective, uh, throughout the entire game because it always seems that, something weird happens in these games and I'm not looking forward to figuring out what that is but uh, <laughs> I think it'll end up being a, a great game and probably even better than whatever happens uh, in the National yeah. Championship game in two weeks.
1: Yeah, very well maybe this is uh, this is the biggest and the best game of college football all season long uh, and whoever, regardless of who wins, both teams have a lot to be proud of. It's been a heck of a season for both of them. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Clemson's run doesn't stop here. Yeah. yeah,
0: agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land In Conversation. Also, thanks, of course, to Ryan Cantor from Shake in the Southland. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan underscore Cantor. That's Cantor with a K. And if you are finding this episode on Land Grant Holy Land, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you get all of Land Grant Holy Land audio goodness downloaded directly to your device whenever it is published. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at Grant 33 You can find me on Twitter at BWWMATT. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon and go bucks